Hello there, I'm Jackie Stone and welcome to my Coaching Conversations podcast. My intention is to give people a sense of the coaching process through listening in on my conversations with others who've received coaching and also with experts in the field. You will hear how coaching has supported people to tap into the best of themselves as they manage their organisation, their business or their teams as they face into the future. And you'll also hear how coaching has enabled people to achieve a desired shift in their working life, whether that's pursuing their purpose, achieving promotion perhaps, starting a new business or a new project, or creating a better work-life balance. I've lined up some marvellous speakers to chat with me. My conversation with the guest on this episode, Suzanne Ford, was recorded in spring sunshine two years ago at a picnic table in an allotment in Sirencester, Gloucestershire. I'm publishing this episode as spring unfolds once again, a year after the first UK lockdown due to COVID-19, and as the third lockdown is eased. Listening back to our conversation was poignant as little did I know then that two years hence I would be longing for the simple pleasure of a conversation at a picnic table in an allotment with a strimmer humming like a bee in the background. Lockdown has rendered our everyday exceptional. What lockdown has also led to is a far deeper appreciation of our human need for a connection with nature and that we are indeed part of nature, not separate. So please forgive the hum of car tyres on a nearby bypass, the buzz of that strimmer and the other noises off associated with allotments and enjoy our conversation. This month's guest is Suzanne Ford and we're sitting on a picnic table in the allotments in Sirencester next to the River Churn. So you might hear the sounds of blackbirds or robins. You can definitely hear the sound of a dual carriageway behind but ignore that. And you might be able to hear the sounds of children because we're very close to a park as well. So there's a reason for us being here at the allotments because this is where Suzanne and I first met and um, I just want to welcome you to Coaching Conversations. Thank you Jackie, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's great to have you here and, and the other reason why the allotments are so suitable is because Suzanne is a dietitian. Um, we wanted to have this opportunity to chat about your coaching experience what drew you to coaching, how it supported you to make the shifts that you were after, and if you're comfortable talking about this, about the issues that coaching helped you to address. How does that sound? 
Yes, I'm very happy to talk about it. So as I mentioned, Suzanne's a dietitian and she supports people with chronic illnesses or disabilities in which diet can play a key role and that includes children as well as adults. She holds a portfolio of roles ranging across the NHS, the University of the West of England and a charity with a tricky name, so here goes, the National Society for Phenylketonuria Disease. Did I get that right? Spot on. Spot on. Which is handily shortened to the acronym of NSPKU. So I can include a website link to the NSPKU at the end just in case anybody's interested in knowing more. But we're going to shorten it all the way through when we refer to it as the NSPKU. Yeah. Um, And of course, those three roles involve a lot of juggling. Yes, it's true to say that. So I recall you approaching me for leadership coaching just as you'd secured that last role with the NSPKU, or rather had secured the role for six months and were on a probationary period, and that was October 2016, and you wanted to make sure that you demonstrated your leadership ability and passed that probation period. Yes, that's completely right. And um, I am still in the job. And that's two and a half years on. And you're still juggling the other roles as well. That's marvellous. (laughs) Yes. That's great. So can I ask you what drew you to coaching in the first place? I was drawn to coaching because I have known for 10 or 15 years that um, under the Myers-Briggs personality typing, my preference is strongly towards extrovert behaviour and I am better at solving problems when talking out loud, preferably with an audience, although occasionally not. And I knew that coaching was a form of development that would really work for me. I sensed it was anyway. And uh, it's interesting you mentioned Myers-Briggs because it's one of the... um personality profile tests that I invite new coaches as our clients are called to 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 explore if they haven't already because it can just give you useful insights for for the coach and for the coachee into their behavior so that's great that you've mentioned that so you already knew about coaching when you saw a little a little bit yes um how did you come across it I have in the NHS coaching takes place maybe it's a little bit contextual so I had a new role in the NSPKU it was quite different to my role in the NHS and the organisations are quite different Um, I think the NHS is the biggest employer in the UK and the NSPKU employs three part-time staff and I'm one of them I had experienced coaching before but in in the in the context of the NHS, I think it's good to 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 try out different um, coaching experiences. And what was it like to be coached in both settings? I think I found it invigorating, refreshing. A small element of it is probably reassuring, but it definitely enables growth. I would say. In particular, during times of change or when you feel stuck on something. Such as? 
One of one of my possible tendencies is to become a little bit frightened by different dynamics or if my if the status quo is threatened, if there's something um, a new post, a, a new person starting a new project or somebody reviewing something that's happened before that could threaten me or frighten me. I could get stuck in in brooding about something and not necessarily processing it and moving on, shall we say. And how did coaching make a difference to that? I think coaching's enabled me to reflect constructively about things where I was stuck, analysing it uh, quite fully in a constructive way, just... Um, naming the fear, saying what I was frightened or felt threatened by something and just exploring different um, different ways of viewing that, different perspectives and then moving forward to exploring different ways to proceed, I suppose. And I recall um, that there was a particular person who was concerning you, who who you needed to be able to work well with, but found it quite tricky to work well with. And my memory is that I invited you to step into trying out being them and having a dialogue with you, if you like putting yourself in, in the place of that other so you might be able to understand what was happening for them in the situation that you were both in. Yes, that's right. And I think as a specific example of something that coaching developed um, within me was just extending my perhaps empathy, I suppose, mm. towards co-workers. Mm. Now, I think of myself as relatively empathetic and able to understand different viewpoints uh, anyway. However, I suppose not always. That doesn't work for 100% of my co-workers. And so the coaching helped me really act out what their views might be, why they'd arrived at those views, what their perspectives were, and um, just helped me make an quite an emotional shift, actually, um, about how I was going to interact with, with someone. So really unlocked a position I was in, really, really unstuck a position I was in. So is it, is it fair to say um, what coaching offered you was a safe place to explore something? Yes, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Um, within all organisations, of course, we recognise there's internal politics, there's... Um, concerns and fears about confiding um, and sometimes we don't even acknowledge ourselves what um, what sort of inner concerns we've and struggles we've got that safe safe place enables you to sort of going a little bit deep into what your fears might be why you are stuck on something what why there might be an energy sapping or a time using um, concern that you're not actually moving forwards with so coaching just unlocked me or unstuck me from a position where I wasn't really achieving anything but I was 
spending time uh, mulling over things. It unlocked me completely from that, and it just re- allowed me to reflect constructively. And I, and then I just moved forwards on some constructive communications, positive. Um, what concessions am I prepared to make? What can I offer mm. to resolving any potential conflicts? And it just empowered me again, actually. Right. That's really, yeah. really helpful. And that's been sustained? Yes, I, I very much say that because um, it just unlocked it just unlocked a way of seeing for me that I hadn't really seen. I just, you know, every now and then you meet someone you don't gel with within an organisation. They've got a different role, a different take, a different approach. And, um, yeah, I think it's a, it has led to a sustainable change in me. And um, what about any other differences that coaching's made in your working life? What about this juggling, perhaps? Has it helped you manage that? Yes, so I, th- I think I, th- I think that um, recognising the strains that doing different tasks, in particular maybe working from home, um, working with volunteers, um, expectations as volunteers fit their voluntary work in in the evenings around their paid work because there's a lot of volunteers involved that's in an SPKU right. that's right there? yes it's just acknowledging those differences um, in a new way of working that might sort of bleed into my own home life so there's been quite a lot of change that's taken place for me and that change towards working more with volunteers could have impinged on my home life actually and my relationships but working through it with coaching has helped me to just delve into ways to to limit that kind of um, bleed if you like Hmm. and we talked about you talked about how uh, in a sense you had a habit of thought uh, about uh, how you would respond to a difficult situation you might get frightened by it or something in that and that coaching has helped you manage that in a different way notice it in a different way something else that I recall was um, for reasons that you may or may not want to explain you could be quite self-critical and um, I remember inviting you to have a conversation (laughs) two ends of a sofa between the part of you that was the critic and the part of you that was not wanting to be criticised at all and do the best possible. Did that make a difference? Did that shift that critic into a kind of critical friend, if you like? Yes, absolutely. Um, So looking back now, I, I had a version of imposter syndrome. I was taking on a new role. I wasn't sure I deserved to do that. Mm. I wasn't sure that I had the necessary skills and knowledge on entering the job. I felt that potentially I can gain skills and knowledge, but that didn't stop my loss of confidence and self-doubt that I was plagued with. The very sort of kinesthetic exercise that you you got me to do on the sofa, uh, I think that did unlock um, just a really Im- recognised what I was doing to myself. Those niggling doubts that actually can eat away 
throughout your whole working day that you might not even really recognize it. Is this good enough? Is this, can I send it off now? No, I've got to look at it again. How would so-and-so write it? Do, you know, should you really be putting this out and making this public? And all of those doubts that happen very far back in your mind slow you down, um, undermine your, your quite competence. Crippling, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And um, I didn't really fully acknowledge them. Uh, I, I think um, this imposter syndrome type, type of feeling was probably quite embedded. Um, and you helped me recognize that. The coaching. Yeah. yeah. And, and just make it like an, a form of sort of effective self-checking but yeah. not the rampant kind of um, yeah. slowing down tool that yeah. it had become so having that you know having a part of ourselves that can be a critical friend and the friend word's really important but can have an oversight over what we're doing and say well hang on a minute maybe hold off sending that email now and wait until the morning and read it again is very useful but having having that kind of working overtime to actually cripple you, as we said, yeah, not helpful. And and it's interesting that you describe that as a kinesthetic technique. It's actually a gestalt technique. It comes out of gestalt. And I might uh, do a podcast. In fact, I will. I promise my listeners that I will do a podcast. Uh, find a coach who uses a lot of gestalt technique so that we can explore that in some depth because it's very we have these different parts of ourselves so it's 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 sort of setting up a dialogue between those different parts so that they can come to a healthy relationship which it sounds like they've done which is absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant the name of my uh, coaching business is coaching with intent and i chose that intent word for a uh, good reason because uh, at the outset of a coaching session with somebody, at the beginning of that relationship and then all the way through in the different sessions, what I'm curious to support my coachee to do is to be clear about their intention. What is the shift, the change they're seeking? What is it they're wanting to step into that's coming towards them, if you like, from their emerging future? And part of supporting someone to be clear about their intention which can be quite time bound so I intend to turn this six months probationary period into a full term full time full time job part of what needs to be really secured in order for someone to do that is for them to be clear about their purpose what is their purpose? What is their heart's desire, if you like, for their working life? And I recall, um, if you don't mind me saying this, a time when it struck me that there was a conflation happening between your personal work purpose and the organisation's purpose, and that there was a need to try and tease those two apart. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. And I think, again, this harks back to um, managing change. I was starting in the job. I was sort of finding my feet. Um, this is within my charitable job. 
um, which I'm paid for, work for the charity. Um, I, I was trying to separate out my role within the organisation and plan my own direction, my, make my own work plan. It's a very lean organisation and so in a contrast with working in a huge NHS, which I've worked in for 25 years, which is lots and lots of structures and plans and supporting mechanisms for appraisals and management. The um, charity, which has three part-time workers that I'm one of, doesn't have those structures. So the coaching allowed me to really set and build my own structures to make my own objectives and to think of my critical friend to seek a mentor so that I could have as well as a coach I could have some specific um, professional um, so opinion. someone in the same profession as Absolutely, you which yes, is what the distinction yeah. is between a coach and a yeah, mentor really. yeah. and just to say that's Hummy bee strimmy noise is proof that we are on the allotment because somebody is strimming their allotment. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> bank, bank holiday behaviours <laughs> in the background. Sorry, um, I interrupted you there. <laughs> no, uh, oh, I think that's fine. Um, yeah, yeah, so I, I, I was able to put it, I think that um, making sure that I had needs as an individual and a work plan and a structure for just finding someone slightly more senior or a sounding board that's profession specific. It was terribly important and it's really helped me go forward. Um, and separating myself out from the organisation as a whole was incredibly useful. So co- the coaching was good for that. And um, I seem to recall we had some coloured felt squares we did so on the floor um rather than having lots of text-based or diagram-based ways of looking at different perspectives and examining the the issues um i i think that the i think the coloured felt was quite useful because it this coaching session will have been two years ago and it stayed in my mind very clearly. It was quite powerful. So I had a shift in my thinking and I was able to put in a plan after that. And what you're wonderfully describing there is, um, is a little example of what I call systemic coaching that I've been trained in. And, and the assumption in systemic coaching is actually there's a lot of data and information we carry in our bodies and can record in our bodies. And, and having those felt squares on the ground, and this was about your purpose and the, the organisation's purpose and stepping from one to the other and seeing the difference in your body with them um, is actually designed to take us out of our heads and to notice at a very, very different level what's going on and, and to find out the information that's, that's present all the time but that which we, because we spend as humans so much time in our kind of intellectual world um, that we don't attend to. So that's that's what those two coloured squares were about. And it's marvellous that you can describe how that stayed with you and remained with you. 
Thank you. You're yeah. welcome. It's very good. Is there anything else that, that um, has changed in your working life as a result of the coaching you've had? I think recognising what I've achieved um, and a, a powerful um, tool or a powerful exercise that um, I did with you once, Jackie, quite early on was um, in encouraging myself, in, in, encouraging me to put to, to, to press myself um, and to go further, shall we say, we acknowledged or I acknowledged my achievements so far. Um, and it, uh, we probably don't spend enough time celebrating success. Um, the modern life is is there's too much comparison, isn't there? And there's a sort of self criticism or moving very quickly from one thing to the next. So, uh, a very powerful exercise that I remember doing with you early on, Jackie. We I stood at one edge of the rug facing forwards and this was, um, I can't remember if it was me, me here and now and then the other edge of the rug was me in one year's time Mm -hmm. and I needed to, I needed to act out what the steps forward would be. Um, for me to feel confident in my position and I think actually I already started I started the the exercise by already congratulating myself on what I'd done in the past six months so I turned backwards um, and said well done to my past self I listed some of my achievements some of the um, hurdles or barriers I'd overcome, some tangible products of what I, you know, papers I'd written or articles I'd had published or um, events I'd organised and hosted. You made me celebrate those achievements and then we linked that to the future, stepping forwards with confidence to think, what was I planning to do in the next six months or one year Mm -hmm. and then I got to the edge of the rug I did a step forward and named various plans or steps or stages I got to the top of the rug and I turned back round and congratulated myself again yes yes so it's your future self congratulating your present self for what you've done so that's a lovely way of describing stepping into an intention actually and stepping into the future it's great and just linking that sort of proven track record the Mm. evidence of Mm. what you've achieved Mm. to what you think you're going to do next which might seem a challenge just made it more possible in my eyes and so I did leave I think I left that feeling very invigorated and again there's another coaching session that probably happened um, within six, six months of me taking on my new role, so I'm talking about my role at the charity NSPKU, and I felt um, quite invigorated after that, and it has stayed with me because I can remember it mm. very mm. clearly. Mm. That's brilliant. Um, one of the things I'm, I'm interested in this as well is is that I I would uh, I'd be tempted to describe what you've been doing is 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 sort of 
getting to know uh, and, and really being present to your own leader and your own leadership. Um, and I think that's what, that's almost like the obverse of imposter syndrome in a way, is to be able to say, no, here I am, I stand in my leadership. Um, I, I know what it is I need to do, where I'm going, and I will resource myself to do that. Is it fair to say that that is one of the overarching gains from the coaching process? Absolutely, yes. So um, it's getting over the hurdles, naming, naming the intention, naming the where we are now, and then putting those plans in for how you can draw on resources identifying the resources you've got identifying your orientation to those resources and that includes inner resources doesn't it exactly inner resources and external um, human resources networks um, just building up that structure for um, for really achieving achieving what your goals are um and I hadn't really necessarily recognised everything. Um, the coaching helped me to do that and helped me to kind of think of a structure and way I would, I would use those resources. And you've described uh, that the organisation uh, has a lot of volunteer activity and you are in a position of having to formally lead those volunteers at times, aren't you? Yes, so that, yes that's true. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know if... if, if uh, that getting that deeper sense of your own leadership has helped you in that more formal way of leading others yes I, I think it, 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 there's lots of comparisons to be made to um, the processes I've gone through and the processes I've facilitated others uh-huh. so helping them helping people pair up use other resources uh-huh. um, giving them reflection time giving them space to to acknowledge their their achievements um recognizing and acknowledging barriers as well as um the negative feelings as well but just encouraging and moving forward so Mm. yes Mm. and i think this might be a last question actually Um, as we listen to a little bit of bird song along with plane noises and that ever-present hum of the car traffic um it all involves listening and the, and the essence of, of coaching is listening it's listening with everything and and I'm wondering if having been listened to well it's you've taken that into your working life so that you're listening differently to others perhaps even taking a coaching approach into the workplace yes certainly that's true I I think the um, safety of the coaching space has enabled me to be quite honest about the emotional aspects of work and that sometimes fear, being frightened can happen, Mm. uh, Mm. that they're not usually brilliant enablers. (laughs) Um, And just recognising that in a safe space Base yeah. has enabled me to be more realistic about what people need uh-huh. from me. Yeah, 
So listening out for fear, listening out carefully yeah. for what other people might be experiencing. Yes. It's, it's that uh, empathy you were talking about at the mm. beginning. Mm. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Brilliant. So I'm just going to say goodbye to these beautiful apple trees in bud actually the blossom hasn't come out yet and the birds singing away just a black bird I think anyway I'm not going to try and do bird identification thank you so much and as I said we'll put the website link on www.nspku.org just .org no nothing else just .org thank you Bye. Bye Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed listening to Coaching Conversations, and I hope maybe learned something about coaching from my chat with Suzanne, please subscribe to the podcast. You can do this via my website, www.coachingwithintent.co.uk, or through your favourite podcast app, where you'll find my version of coaching conversations identified with the graphic of a speech bubble. Your rating and feedback is, of course, very welcome, as there's always room for improvement. Thank you.